This is the Strength Beyond Fitness Podcast. A Build Body Fitness production brought to you by Coach Louise and Coach Renee, where we talk about simple principles to train your mind, transform your body, and maybe even change your life. Thank you for joining us today in our topics all about elevating your nutrition. We're going to take something that seems overly complicated and simplify it just for you. Yes, in this episode, we discuss some of the experiences we've had. We discuss how we work with our clients. We discuss different definitions found in nutrition so you understand it better. And it, and overall, we are wanting you to understand that although it can seem complicated by everything that we're seeing, the, the answer is very simple. And don't you worry, we'll still, of course, have our rants and soapboxes that you've come to expect from our podcast. We're really excited for this opportunity today to speak about a big thing that we've learned so much over the last several years of being a trainer. And the nice thing is it's significantly more simple than people make it out to be. And so this first part of diving into nutritional basics, we are going to get a bit more on the technical side. And we do feel like it's important to provide that information. So it is going to feel a little bit more like, you know, bigger words, more explanations of the science. But then when we come back to it later on, we want it to tie together. Because a big thing when it comes to wellness overall, when it comes to sustainability, there's a very big difference between just memorizing something and truly understanding it. There's a joke of, you know, in high school, I learned that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. But what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean? You memorized it, but do you understand the true power of that powerhouse? And so this first part, give it a listen, give it a chance, but we're going to dive into... Nutrition and nutritional basics. I know we've touched upon this in the past, but... And we'll continue to, to touch upon it. Like it, We all need the reminders. Yeah, we all need the reminders. We get to share something new that we didn't share before. And just like, just, just like you said, it's taken us a while, even as trainers, to fully understand it, have a really good relationship, have balance. And it comes down to understanding the definition within the areas of nutrition. So first things first, we are going to talk about, we're going to break things down into macros, into micros. This is going to be separate from tracking. We do have an episode that explains that more and we'll probably, you know, build upon that later. Mm -hmm. But although we are diving into what a macro is, we're not going to be talking and discussing about how to track yours in this episode. It's just understanding the nutritional breakdown. So, Luis. Yeah, exactly. What the heck is a macro? All right, macro. So, macro is an abbreviation to macronutrient. And a macronutrient is a large group of nutrients. We know the main three, and they are protein, carbs, and fat. I will throw out there, there are some groups of people that do define alcohol as as a fourth macro, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes it'll just kind of be added into the other ones, typically a carb. Exactly. And each of these macronutrients has an amount of caloric energy per gram. So protein and carbs are known for having four um, 
Or <laughs> calories. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you did something to the side and I was like, what? Yeah, they're known to have four calories per gram of of uh, that macronutrients. And then fat is known for having nine calories for that one gram. Alcohol and is known for having three. seven. Oh, yeah, seven. 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 It's higher yep. than people think. That is true. And when you combine all those three together, you have a total amount of calories. So when you're hearing in diet or hearing of people doing uh, calorie surpluses, which is when they eat more than their the one that they than their body needs, or doing calorie deficits when they're eating less than their body needs, and they're just giving you a total, that just means that together their proteins, their carbs, and their fats are going to equal that amount. Okay. And how much the body needs has, it depends on a variety of factors, whether it's your height, your weight, your activity factor, if you're breastfeeding. The amount of lean muscle mass that you have, that plays a big role in knowing how much your body needs. And then how well your body's functioning overall. So those who have a hypothyroid issue to where it kind of slows down their metabolism a bit more. How they break down nutrients is going to be a bit different than someone who doesn't have that. And there's two different wordings, abbreviations you're going to hear the most when it comes to this is your BMR and your TDEE. And sadly, these two are often used interchangeably when they're not the same thing. It's like a square and a rectangle. Yes, they're both shapes, but they differ. When it comes to your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, that's your calories that you burn by just existing. If you were to sit on a couch all day doing nothing but watching the summer I turned pretty on Amazon Prime like I did the other day, those are the amount of calories you burn by just existing compared to your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure. That is now taking into consideration your activity factors. So not just what your body burns to live, but now it's, okay, you cleaning stuff around the house, your job, your actual workouts. It's now taking into consideration your activity factor. Too often times when people are getting their body composition done, they'll look at their BMR and think, okay, I need to take that number and I can't eat anything more than that. And that's a huge misconception because what will happen is when you're eating less than that BMR, your body is going to overcompensate by having to shut down kind of less, quote, less essential functions. So yes, you might eventually start losing weight, but you might notice I feel more fatigued. I feel more tired. Maybe your metabolism isn't going to be functioning as well compared to if you take that activity, which is a whole separate yeah. formula. And that's where you're supposed to build and take away. But if you do go to a supplement shop and they just tell you your BMR and say you can't eat more than that, red flag. Yeah, super red flag. I mean, like, you don't have to walk away from that supplement shop, but just that person. Just say thank you. Yeah. And uh, but in, com in, in with that, so in, in connection with your BMR, our body re not just only requires that amount of calories but it requires something else called micronutrients. And micronutrients are a smaller um, component, and it is your vitamins and your minerals that are needed it for the body, and then you just need it in a smaller amount. But what's crazy enough, like, those small amounts, they play a huge, huge impact in the body's health. Very critical, and... If not balanced well, if you have a deficiency in some micronutrients, you can have some life-threatening conditions. And 
when I say life threatening, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's just gonna happen one one day that you're you're that you lack some micronutrients. It's when you have a deficiency over time because you have only watched out for the number of total calories, but you have really no idea how much micronutrients are in that total. And this is where we want to take this podcast and really educate and help you understand as you create mindfulness and as you understand foods and you want to make better decisions and you want to have more energy and you want to maybe build a little muscle, uh, you want to maybe maintain your weight, probably lose a little bit of your weight, how you can do this and, and be a little bit more organized without needing to track it like a crazy person. Uh, well, not a crazy person, but like track it and be on those macro trackings every single day and feel like you need to do that every single day the rest of your life. You it's don't more, need to be obsessive. It's you more can of, be intentional without being obsessive. Yeah, it's more of recognizing, well, I had this meals today, but my meals were really, they weren't nutrient dense. Nutrient dense is where those micronutrients come in and a little bit better awareness of the macros. So um, it sounds significantly more complicated than it really is. Right. And that's why we want to make it more simple. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about micronutrients, it could be something as simple as vitamin D. You know how much you go outside and you have exposure to the sun in a healthy way to Iron. my favorite micronutrient, which is fiber. Um, most people usually do not get enough fiber in without a supplement and that throws off your digestive system. Iron is a huge one and especially just, you know, straight up as a female who has kind of an extreme period, iron is huge to make sure that I'm able to, you know, not bleed easily, but also watching out for, for, for that fatigue. And there's so many, there are so many freaking micronutrients with a variety of functions. Yeah, and so like omega threes and you omega have six. Yeah, exactly. Potassium, um, you know, all the different vitamins, A, C, B, it would take a long uh, time to B12. Run through uh, but those are all components of micronutrients. And there's some that you can get through your food. Ideally, we want to get most of these micronutrients through our food. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times in which supplementation is important. But there's some supplements that I'm going to say are kind of silly. So an example is if you're someone who has a high protein diet, but then you're also taking an amino amino acid as like a supplement on top of it, it might be a little bit redundant and you're just basically making your pee extra saucy. Yeah. And, and amino acids are, are um, they're protein components basically that just help you within recovery and if you're eating enough protein throughout the day and this is where you might be eating enough but and and again we don't want to get to technical this is just the very beginning so you start understanding and uh, as we get into the into the topic but uh red meats are going to have more amino acids than chicken will have so you know if you're only eating chicken or you're only hitting your proteins with like tofu for example yeah your amino acids are going to be lower and that's maybe where uh, supplementing with it could be very helpful but if you're you have a really high let's say red meat diet and you got your chicken and you're rotating it all you really don't need it there's a lot of food that provides you can have a well-balanced diet to where you have a good balance of micro versus macronutrients 
And then if there's any deficiencies, see where you can adjust. And say if you do have a more extreme diet due to dietary needs that a legitimate doctor, you know, you've been tested, you're not able to have berries, you're not able to have spinach, you know, certain foods limit what you can actually take in then that's where supplementing comes in handy. But today we're going to dive into how you can have a more whole, minimally processed diet. You do not need to go out and buy only organic. You don't need to go out and get food that's been blessed by the Pope. (laughs) But let's see what we can actually fit into your budget and fit into your lifestyle. And I, I actually found a article and I'm going to put it on the bio of this podcast so that you can go in it and just click it directly. Uh, and it's by Precision Nutrition and it talks about all about nutrient deficiencies. And you can go and understand how the, one, the body communicates with you that there's a deficiency. Uh, one thing I've learned a lot from you is that your nails and hair tell you a lot about deficiencies. Oh my gosh, a huge amount. And that's one that I've been able to use since with some of my clients, uh, female clients. I'll, I'll, I didn't think about this because I'm like, guy, so I don't really ever think about my nails or my hair, like the health of it. Uh, I don't chew my nails. My nails are actually pretty you good actually for a guy. You actually think about your hair health now. Yeah. But I mean, so now, because you pointed it out to me when I've worked with female clients and I let them know like, hey, have you seen a difference between your hair and your nails? And they're like, oh my gosh, day and night, my hair is growing so much better. My nails are not cracking. So it blew your sister's mind. Actually, I helped his sister with nutrition for a year and it was interesting over the years seeing the like her hair start to come in more thicker. It's actually growing to a longer length. And that wasn't something that I promised at the beginning of our training. It just happened to be a really awesome side effect. Um, With the article that he's going to be posting on here, it's freaking phenomenal. Know that it is not a diagnosis, but it at least starts a conversation, Mm -hmm. which at the very least, we want you guys to stay curious. We want you guys to ask questions. This is all about starting a conversation. And so now that we understand, you know, protein, carbs, fats, it's also understanding the quality of each. And sadly, I feel like carbs, I don't feel like, I know, carbs get a really bad rap. And I'm so tired of people saying not to eat rice. As someone who is Japanese, stop trying to take (laughs) away my rice. Because it is a, one, it is a cheap, but two, it's a quick converting energy source Mm -hmm. whenever someone does a double for cycle i always tell them don't necessarily eat rice but go have a banana that's that has carbs has potassium to help you with any sort of cramping like that carb is going to help you feel that energy a little bit more awake quicker compared to like say if you have beef jerky right Uh, it's late for us it is 9 41 but uh yeah it it will have a huge difference and the thing the thing about carbohydrates is people forget that the word hydrate is in the name and what this does is for every gram of carbs that we eat our bodies retains three to four grams of water So this is one huge reason why carbohydrates are almost so frowned upon when it comes to dieting, because when we diet, we just weigh ourselves. And when we get on a scale and we weigh ourselves, it it, it isn't saying anything about our body composition. 
it is just all about our body's total mass. And if we're retaining more water, what's going to happen to that scale? It goes up or it's going to be higher up or it might just never come down. Well, so so they, elim- they eliminate it. They eliminate the carbs and then within a week, their weight is down. And they've lo- they've they stopped retaining many, many, many grams of water. And now it's like, look, oh my gosh, I've lost all this weight. And they and you come off the diet, you introduce carbs again. And I mean, if you introduced carbs daily again, uh, 150 to 200 grams a day, hey, 200, 200 grams of 200 grams of carbs, it's about 800 grams of water that you're not retaining. I don't know what it is about. It's, it's usually typically like the starchy carbs that people are really sensitive about when it comes to, you know, rice, potatoes, pastas, but they don't realize fruits and veggies also car- count as a carb. Sugar, sugar technically fits within the carb group. And that's a whole other subset of things that when you think sugar, you only think of the white little powdery stuff that goes into a cake. Mm-hmm. But there's several different types. You have fructose, glucose, sucralose where the body does need sugar it's you know what's also with the sugar what type of sugar but it's i always like to remind people that are uh, that our dna uh one of the, the main components of the dna structure is sugar so we naturally need sugar don't frown upon sugar but just like everything too much of it is not good too much of protein is not the best too much of fat is not the best too much of Carbs is definitely not. It's it. None of none of those together. Too much of it is good, unless you're purposely working to be in a surplus. Um, sugars in itself, though, they're not a bad thing. Like if you're if you're eating if you're eating fruits daily, um, you're not harming your diet at all. It is not the or your body at all. It is not the fruits that are causing your body to be in a what do you call it like the frozen peaches aren't making you fat yeah well i remember so the reason i say frozen peaches is back when we worked at our old gym one of the members came in and i might have shared this story on here before and she was in such a bad mood because she found out the frozen peaches she was putting in her smoothie had like six grams of sugar and she was just so mad and Her daughter, who happened to work there, was like, Grandma, you drink Starbucks every day. You get Frappuccinos. Are you really mad about the six grams of sugar in your peaches? Yeah. And it just was kind of a mind shift of we almost want to vilify the foods that we are okay cutting out, but the foods that would do better being in moderation are a lot easier to justify. And I say this as someone who's currently sipping on Dr. Pepper. Like this is 100% one of my sometimes drinks. I don't always have it in the house. Like Louis said, we're super tired and I've had really bad sleep over the last several days. But it's, you know, this one Dr. Pepper isn't going to throw off everything. But I also realize this Dr. Pepper, this sugar in this is completely different compared to the sugar in a fruit smoothie that I make. Exactly. I'm not suddenly going to gain 20 pounds from it, but I'm definitely not going to feel the same type of energy I would with a different type of sugar. things that you got to uh, recognize. And it's it's like it's how are you intaking it? Uh, what is your what is it? What's what is your intention of it or your awareness? 
right now we understand it is it is late you know you didn't want a high caffeinated drink because then you're gonna have more trouble sleeping but if you didn't have an, like, a small portion of caffeine would be struggling during this podcast so for you that's the dr pepper i know myself where how much i can handle so i have a different drink but we recognize these things and nutrition overall what we want to talk about is making better choices daily and understanding what you can do to achieve some protein goals Uh, we've seen in our experience as trainers that protein is the most difficult um, macronutrient to achieve or to hit to hit uh for almost i'd say like 80 to 85 percent of our clientele that we've worked nutrition with we also make it more complicated too and we limit the amount of protein powder that they can have that's true it's a lot easier to hit your protein goal if you're having two three scoops of protein powder a day and we right each scoop is about 30 to 40 uh grams of of protein you know you'll hit it quick (laughs) it it makes it much easier but we try not to make that the only way that they get protein just because it almost becomes a crutch Mm -hmm. and then also depending on the client the way the way breaks down in their stomach like yeah you're hitting your protein goal but now you're having gastro issues yeah and uh, you know one of the trendy eating styles right now is that intentional eating and when you follow that in what's the word intuitive that's the word intuitive eating some people's intuition is slightly off due to having a past of ignoring their hunger cues of cultural background even what they have access to and i know i've said that a lot but i think it's really important that we take into consideration what people have accessibility to whether with their budget or with their time and not everyone is intentional where they're eating off the bat in a positive way some people have to kind of tweak it to where they become more mindful yeah with intuitive eating uh, i heard this example one time is one you can't do intuitive eating if you at first don't have any intuition so uh sorry to be blunt but if you are overweight and you have had bad habits for the last, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, and you decided, no, I'm not going to make any changes. I'm going to have more into it being more intuitive. You can't really be intuitive if you don't know, if you don't have had intuitive uh, practice or been taught. So that's where really a coach is extremely, extremely helpful because they'll help you become more intuitive. Two, yeah, it's your body. You know your body super, super well. But intuitive eating can end up uh, truly leading you to fully fatigue or over, over, overweight. It's like saying, this was the example I heard. It's like saying, hey, you've driven your same car for five to ten years. Let's fill the let's fill the tank up to full and tell you to intuitively drive until it, in, until you have to refill up again without without uh, going out of gas. Most people, I'd be screwed. Yeah, most people would have no idea. They, they, they rely on seeing the gas gauge to let them know when you gotta fill up with gas. So some of us even don't realize it until we have forty miles (laughs) left. Even if it's your car, you've been driving it for five, ten years. You know, you should know your car better than anyone else. But you need that gauge to let you know. And intuitive eating is the same, like 
it is not being blind or not looking at a gauge. Um, it is recognizing where you're at so that you know when you got to make changes or you got to go, um, for example, with a car example, when you got to go refill so that you're not left stranded. You're really good with car examples. Thank you. I think the intuition is really hard. It's truly a skill that has to be built. And I'll use the example. So when I get really stressed, my sleep, I don't want to sleep. I can't sleep. But also my appetite completely disappears. So like, I don't know what it is about my body going into a shutdown mode when I hit a high stress to where (laughs) intuitively those are terrible things for Mm self-preservation. It's... If I were to actually listen to just my body and my brain during that moment, I would have to shut down. And even when I was trying to maintain my breastfeeding supply, I, in order to maintain it, like I had to eat a ton. Bulking, bulking season is completely outside of my mental capacity because it's my body is saying please stop feeding me Mm -hmm. and i know like well if i want to grow muscles if i want to grow mass like i have to eat this 150 grams of protein and that's where it truly is a skill that you have to work on because you're more likely to fall into patterns of comfort and i don't want to say that you're failing it's you're going back to what is familiar and what you know Mm -hmm. and I mean, who doesn't want to seek that comfort when they've had a hard day? If you're used to, okay, I've been working a, I worked a 10 hour shift today. It was only supposed to be eight. The kids that were there were completely out of control. I had someone call out last minute. Like I know I do have meal prep at home, but like it would only take me five minutes to just go through the Wendy's drive through. I, I, maybe I'll do this. It's It's easy to go to that place that's familiar, especially if you're in a place of discomfort. And I think a lot of us easily fall into those patterns of it doesn't make you a bad person needing comfort, but that comfort is going to make it really hard to get to new places of growth. And sorry, that turned into a little bit of a ramble. A way that you can start intuitive eating, though, because I do think it is a valuable skill. I just prefer to call it mindfulness and how you can be more mindful and more aware of that comes in. And the first thing is just recognizing your patterns. If you're not someone who likes tracking, which there's no shame in that, the first thing you can do is recognize how many times a week do you go out to eat? How many times? How many times do you find yourself going through the Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks drive through How many days a week? Okay, typically when you go there, are you getting a small? Are you getting an extra large? Are you getting cake pops to go with it? Like what are the current patterns that you have? Are these things that are helping support the goals that you want to get towards? Or are they maybe making it a little bit difficult? If you listened in on our episode with Crystal and with Adam, you know that our girl Crystal, (laughs) you know she loves Taco Bell. And, And she is a physique competitor. Yeah. But she's been able to find balance and maintain both. And even her coach, who's also her husband, understands like every so often having that refeed, having that Taco Bell, not only is good for the body, but it's good for her mind. But it doesn't align with her goals to have it every single day. So you don't have to be like Crystal and have the occasional Taco Bell, but it's recognizing, hey, if you're going there three times a week on top of your Starbucks. And then for lunch, you're typically going out to Chipotle or Wildflower. It's 
what are your current habits versus what you're eating at home? Even something as simple as how much water are you intaking? If you are drinking water, are you able to just drink water? Or do you have to add something to it? And no, your coffee, just because it has water in it, isn't, shouldn't be the only water source that you have. There's simple things such as how many fruits and veggies you're getting into your diet. And going from there of like, what are your current patterns and where are you typically potentially falling short? We talked about it earlier about the number one thing that clients struggle with is getting in enough protein. And so how much freaking protein are we supposed to get? Ideally, uh, depending on your depending on your goal, you should always strive for your body weight, your body weight, but in grams. And you can go a little bit below that if you're not. Um, how do I say if you're not a person that is out in the gym working out four, three, four times a week, really challenging your body, eating just a little bit below that, below below your body weight in grams, totally okay. Um, if you're going to the gym and you're training and you're exercising, you're trying to maintain strength, maybe you're trying to gain a little bit of strength, just a little bit, then eat roughly around your body weight in grams. If you're wanting to put on muscle, go above that. There are technical numbers that you can multiply and you can multiply like by 2.2 and 1 point something. I'm just giving here a simple estimate. I'd say within 20% of your body weight. The only exceptions really are if there's any sort of kidney or liver issues that have been actually diagnosed, not just a guesstimate from TikTok. And that's something that your doctor is going to give you a very specific range to stay within. Yeah. But for the most part, staying within that 20% of your body weight in grams is going to be huge. The downfall is actually getting in enough because you'll see things that are like, oh, this is super high in protein. What makes me so mad? Oh, soapbox. What makes me so frustrated is the Larry and Lenny's cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I am so annoyed because you know what? They're like, oh, this has 20 grams of protein, but it's only like it's either half or a quarter of the serving. And then you look on the back and like it's a ridiculously high amount with a ridiculously low amount of or high amount of calories, low amount of protein to where it's like I could have gotten this protein and something that actually tasted better. Yeah. Uh, the Larry cookies are. Oh, my gosh. How to say it? they're super good and taste if you are following a really 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 strict plan and you're just like kind of been craving this cookie flavor i remember when i was really strict in macros and our gym had them like those were okay i'm gonna have a cookie uh larry and i can't remember what their name is and lenny uh cookie during my workout and i was like it but yeah, there's a huge downside because they're to- the whole cookie, the whole cookie in itself has like 600 calories. Do you, do you, are you have it pulled up? So I have it pulled up. It, uh, it makes it's me awful. So it's awful. Mad. Hold on, I might half half of the cookie. I want to say is like 280 to 300 calories. I want something somewhere I think around it there. It depends on the flavor. I think it's closer to like 210. Just the chocolate chocolate chip one, and yeah, protein wise. So, so low in protein. It's so low. It's well, the one I'm looking at right now, this is the what's it called? This is like the snickerdoodle one. It's the whole cookie is 460 calories 
and then it only has 16 grams of protein. There is like 10 grams of fiber in it, which is awesome. And it's egg free for those who don't have eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, it says sustainable palm oil, which that's a rant for another day. But it's there's so many better ways that you could have gotten that 16 grams of protein in. And yes, it's nice when you're macro counting. You said it was 210? Sorry, the whole cookie is 460. Okay, so half okay. of the cookie is 210. Yeah. So the six, the, the 60. Sorry, hold on. 460 is the whole cookie. So half the cookie is 230. Yeah. That's math. Yeah, sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear all that. But so it, 230 calories to get those 16 grams. To get eight grams. Just eight grams? Just eight grams. Yeah. That's yeah, why I'm annoyed. Yeah. I mean, eight grams of, of protein is just 32 calories. And maybe maybe it's just that flavor, but it's... No, they're, they're mo- they're most of them are like that. Because I remember I, I, used, to, I used to eat them yeah. quite often. And I didn't eat them because of, of the of the of the nutrient like the nutrients in it i ate it because i felt at that time i was like okay this is kind of like my good little sweet that i can have for the day it has some it has high carbs and i needed high carbs because i was working on so much muscle uh here's actually something i'd love to love to share is when you are trying to put up muscle this is where carbs play a huge huge role that's why you see a lot of bodybuilders just eat a ton of rice when the rice crispy pump that you well, yeah you rice crispy pump eat rice and chicken uh broccoli but this carbohydrates really help within your muscle development and the hydration in it once again carbs have the word hydrate so it helps retain water in your muscle because our muscles retain water the better the retention the more of that pump we're gonna have and the better the retention of water in that muscle the more filled they look so you'll be able to actually recognize the difference between your skin retaining water and your muscle retaining water can, can, you, we, can you, we pause for a second because i got to bring up a topic i got to bring this up yeah because you have people typically the mlm groups that will demonize demonize fruits and veggies and rice and yet what do bodybuilders eat in order to get that super lean physique oh rice i mean literally you, so much freaking rice. so much rice uh, the only time i know i see that bodybuilders don't eat as much rice is when they're they're when they're within maybe the last three weeks of their of, of their show uh when they're getting to like those peak weeks is where they start reducing it and even sometimes i've seen uh some coaches re- like recognize like hey we gotta almost carb load you so that your muscles pop during the competition and I think Adam talked about that. Like he had one of his clients eat like a burger or something. It wasn't like a crazy one, but just gave the extra like pump. No, he didn't talk about that. But we probably saw that or had or had a conversation with someone about that. But yeah, no, it, it truly happened. So yeah, no, rice, good. Carbs, good. Knowing and understanding though how they work and how they affect your body, it's what really makes it key See some sustainable health, some good, strong energy, and feeling comfortable within your body. Absolutely. And so easy ways to be getting in protein. I think the most simple tip, and this will sound so silly, is literally just increasing the serving size. Instead of going for three ounces, you go for six, six to eight, six to eight. Um, one of the measurement styles that the Precision Nutrition talks about is just literally looking at your palm. And so it's, okay, how many palms of protein do you have a day? Do you have maybe like two 
to where it's like you have a cup here and then a couple bites there. Okay, let's increase and aim for like three to five palm size portions of protein every day and see how that affects your energy, how it affects how satiated that you feel. Another one is looking at foods that naturally have protein in them. And so one thing that we do a ton is the because we do love bread. The bread's a big thing in our household is we'll look for bread that has somewhere between four to six grams. That's not our only protein source, but it's just an easy way to get it in. Mm-hmm. Barilli's protein pasta is an absolute favorite. If you are gluten-free goddess, then of course the Bonza is a phenomenal brand as long as you cook it to the exact Ex- instructions. The exact instructions do not differ. I cannot stress enough. Do not differ because then it will taste like sadness. But adding in that, and then of course the big trendy one is cottage cheese, and cottage cheese and Greek yogurt. You could do a lot with both of those. Oikos is phenomenal. Oikos has a triple zero brand. It's available at Kroger stores, and there's a lot that we've done with that. Even tonight for dinner, we had a protein pizza. And so the base of it is just basically it is a cup of plain Greek yogurt. And then I feel like it's a cup to about three fourths cup of flour is the ideal ratio. It's It's a little bit less flour. It's about a one to one. Give or take. Give or take. Yeah. Give or take. Um, And that's the easy way we've gotten in. We didn't have a ton of barbecue sauce for our pork. But we were able to mix in a little bit of cottage cheese to add to that saucy flavor. And so it was a high-protein dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was actually tasted yeah. good. And simple simple way is here. here's the, here's the number one. Build your build your plates around your protein. All right? Don't, don't build your plate and then think about, oh, man, what's the protein that I need? Think about the protein first and then build around it. You do that every single time you're gonna hit your your, your protein goals. Like we said, our client uh, we've we've seen our the about eighty ish percent of our clientele typically struggles the most with the, with hitting the protein goal. Uh, we actually have the opposite problem, or maybe I do, but every time I, I I jump onto macros, I'm going over my proteins. It's ridiculous. It takes me off, but that's because I've gotten so uh, aware of always building around my protein where. When I'm tracking macros to a T, I gotta build around that, but I gotta I gotta cut down on on the amounts because I'm so used to it. Once again, it's where my intuitive like when I when I when I do it without tracking, I'm always going over because that's just where my intuition is. When I actually track, I realize well I'm eating way too much. So um, if you start building around that, you will hit your your, your protein goals. I think it also helps too when you're going grocery shopping as well. Look at what proteins are on sale. So that's how I plan everything. There might be some weeks where we have a bit more ground turkey compared to chicken, but you have to look at the quality of meat as well. So I was just telling you earlier, I'm never going to buy pork shoulder again just because cutting out all the fat is too frustrating and takes up too much time. But for the most part, the Kroger near us, the fries, usually has pork loin, you know, buy one, get one half off pork loin. I will say is a little bit lower in protein, higher in fat compared to a chicken, but it's a way to, you know, switch up the flavor profile compared Mm -hmm. to any time that I'm able to get chicken or chicken thighs on sale. I'll grab them. And I plan all of our dinners. I'll plan all of our meal preps around what proteins I have access to. 
even one of our and easy. your groceries we we look at before we go groceries the first thing we look at is what proteins are we missing and we go through the proteins as direct protein which is the meat itself and then we go into the protein and fat which is the dairy we're like okay we need some cottage cheese we need some greek yogurt uh how are you doing in cheese okay we need some cheese we and have a milk that we use called carb master which i originally did when i was living the keto life but mm-hmm. i actually just keep drinking it because i really like it it tastes I pretty good it tastes really good and it, it, ha- it has such a high amount of protein like if you put it right next to regular milk it is not worth drinking regular milk because regular milk has like has about four grams maybe where this has about 10 to 15 it's just really high they're not so. a sponsor but carb master if you want to sponsor <laughs> us i would love to get more free milk because we go through so much yeah and then the last then the, after we go from our dairy which it should be a little backwards but we like dairy and we admit it uh then we go into our protein slash link 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 Legumes. Legumes. So we look at our beans. Uh, we look at. Our diff- beans. Oh yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say the beans. I was saying, well, it's like thinking black bean and pinto bean and and um, kidney beans. We think we we decide. Oh hey, we need some of these beans. So let's get it. And now we have a lot of protein in our house. And then there's some things that have protein in it, but aren't protein heavy. So. We love nut butter, specifically almond butter. We eat a lot of almond butter. I'll sometimes get peanut butter for my son. But almond butter, although it does have protein in it, has a lot of other fats and other macronutrients in it to where it's not as good of a source, but it is still a valid source. Mm -hmm. And another one we do a ton is uncured meat. And so uncured, nitrate-free you know, it doesn't have to be boar's head, but turkey meat is a nice, easy one. And I think you have to take that in consideration as well. When you're going grocery shopping, not only is, you know, what's a decent quality food that it can fit into my budget, but what am I actually going to cook with? Like, it's great if you buy strawberries every single week, but if they just go from your fridge to your trash can, they're not going to benefit you. It would be more beneficial for you to get frozen fruit and keep them like in the very front of your fridge or freezer than not use them at all Mm -hmm. one of the tricks that i used to do is i would and i do it i'd say i do it at least once a month is i'll get a giant thing of strawberries and i'll put them within eyesight of the fridge so every time i open it if i'm feeling snacky i grab a strawberry and that was like an easy way to get Mm -hmm. in extra nutrients because that was the first thing that caught my eye were the strawberries if you're someone who hates cooking then maybe don't go after these like 12 ingredient meals a huge game changer for your sister i'm talking about your sister a ton but i'm just so freaking proud of like (laughs) how she has transformed her nutrition i'm so freaking proud of her i should tell her that more of the crock pot is her bestie we got her the cutest little mini crock pot that makes me want to cry from how adorable it is and she just puts a chicken breast in there And then she'll mix up the seasoning. Sometimes it might be ranch. Sometimes it might be a barbecue sauce. And she worries about that. She'll either throw it into a salad or she'll throw it into a burrito. But it's made it way more simple knowing like, hey, this is a protein and this is how we can mix and match the different flavors. We typically keep like the same five different sauces in the house of, okay, we have a ranch seasoning that we can mix with Greek yogurt if we want to have that ranch sauce. Mm -hmm. We get the sugar-free 
baby rays and it's not necessarily because we're anti-sugar it's because it tastes like the wendy's barbecue sauce and louise likes the wendy's barbecue sauce i do i i have i don't care if it's sugar-free but it's a pretty good flavor a new one that we discovered oh my gosh it's so good it is a raspberry chipotle it's so good it's ridiculous it's ridiculously good good. and so what i would do is i would take that a little bit of onion powder i would marinate chicken thighs for a couple hours throw it in the air fryer game changer Mm -hmm. you just add a little bit of greens put it in a tortilla and it was so ridiculously easy and i think the access the more ridiculously easy recipes that you have in your arsenal the better especially depending on what type of cook you are if you're someone who hates cooking make it ridiculously simple i I think one thing i'm getting out of this like out of this uh, conversation so far is Aside from all the complicated terms or definitions that we used in the beginning, the process for achieving this these the, this better uh, nutrient dense food is it is simple. It take what the, the we com- make what, it complicated. What, what makes it complicated is sometimes not planning. What makes it complicating is not make not having a plan. What makes it complicated is the stressors of life. The being tired, being fatigued, a sign of being tired and being fatigued just means that you are not giving yourself enough nutrient dense food or rest. But we're going to we will we'll leave rest and recovery for another topic. We'll resist their system yeah. Blocks that. Yeah, exactly. Something um, I've started doing is we have a we have a meal prep idea board. And whenever I don't know what to cook, I just look to that of like, OK, well, it says typically Sundays are going to be salads. I'm going to make some sort of salad. I know I have chicken. We have Tuesdays burrito based. Okay, well, we have pork. I'm going to make some sort of burrito. What I do with my clients is I give them, depending on their lifestyle, one to two freebie days. Of you either eat within kind of this recommended list, mm-hmm. or if you do eat out, these are your options. Super simple. Because now we're planning for the oh shoot days. Because I do want to emphasize we're not perfect. I think we've made it very clear we're not perfect. We're human. How often you're having those oh shoot days are important to consider, but giving yourself that leniency and that grace, depending on your goals, I think it's important to not only look at yourself on your best behaviors, but look at yourself on your most stressed days. And I'm wording that that way specifically, not you at your worst. It's you in your most stressed behavior. And that's, I think, the downfall of tracking is people only want to track when they're doing really well. They only want to share workouts when they know they sweated a ton and they feel super great. They only want to share the meals that look the most protein, nutrient dense, but they don't want to share their bad days. They don't want to share when everything hits a fan and you're having a really hard time. And I will say I'm super lucky that I have... I'm not even lucky. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed that I have you on those days when I shut down. and I'm like, I don't want to think about food. I don't want to be in the kitchen. And we're able to kind of reverse a role where you you take that on and you don't complain. But then there are some days where both of us are just like the idea of being in the kitchen sucks. Shoot me in the foot. <laughs> and what it, what do we always get whenever we have those days? We we literally get the same same thing every time we go to Cafe Rio and oh, oh we don't go we pick up cafe rio and we just make sure that 
we are focusing that the, the, the choice in the protein. Double the protein. Double the protein. Every single time. Yep, every single time. And if we don't do Caprio, we go to Chipotle, which, sorry, Tommy, we love Chipotle. What? Tommy? Tommy? Does, he doesn't like it. Remember we talked about it. It's okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Super sad. So, uh, yeah, uh, our choice is never it's very 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 rarely it's like okay let's get out a pizza or something because we, we really don't give ourselves very many options yeah because we know okay that a pizza the ratio and we love pizza i love little caesars like throw some crazy crust so and as much, much loves it. yeah and some just throw some butter in it like so much melted butter in there and it's amazing yeah gross but that's not a choice that we choose that we go for often because of that reason, we look at it and we and we think about our day. So whenever whenever we, we we have a days like that, we think about our day. Okay, what did I have for breakfast? Okay, my breakfast. At least I had some scrambled eggs. If we skip the scrambled eggs or we skipped the breakfast, then it's like all right, whatever we decide to go out for tonight or uh, you know any kind of lazy meal that we make, it needs to be high protein. It's a non-negotiable. If we had a, if we earlier in the day, it was like, oh yeah, I had my oatmeal with with protein, and I had some eggs, and I had some leftovers for lunch, and we had a really really well protein day, m- morning and midday. Then we're like, hey, we could be a bit more hey, lenient. Yeah, let's maybe let's have let's go pick up a a, a pizza. Uh, the kid's gonna love it. Uh, let's maybe venture out and try something new, which we don't do very, very often. I really can't remember the last time we did that outside of like your family visiting. Yeah, like I said, we don't do that very often, but those are the only times that we we oh well, there's there's well, Taco, there's there's Taco Bell and there's Wendy. Meaning that's not trying something new, but that's when whenever we venture off. But the only time yeah, we're we do, crazy. I know, right? But the only time it's it's again if we notice at beginning of the day we did well with our protein. And then this is just going to help kind it's gonna help us get the remaining and everything else versus the day that we we did terrible in the morning and we haven't eaten. We We had a hard morning. Yeah, yeah hard morning. We just haven't eaten, we haven't taken the time, we had too many sessions, or we have a project that we're working on and we get we get focused into other things and food is the last priority and at the end of the day is no, we're not going to have anything like that because that's not going to benefit us. It's not going to benefit us during our day tomorrow. It's not going to benefit us even during our sleep. It's not going to benefit us in any form or way for us to feel better. Not so that we can retain a small, like a low uh, weight or body fat percentage or whatever. It's just, is this really going to benefit us for the things that we want to do, the things that we want to accomplish? I and, think there's and if the answer is no, like... Just don't do it. It's not even worth it. There's uh, another category that we should also take into consideration of not just the less motivated days, but even when there's some sort of celebration. So, for example, last week, my son cern- turned six, which was awesome. And so I'd asked him, like, hey, what do you want for your birthday meal? And he, being a six-year-old boy, also loves Little Caesars. I think it's just it's a thing. People love it. And so we decided that, okay, we're just going to get one that we're going to share between the family. And then I've just made it a habit of any time that we do have Little Caesars. We have a smoothie. We have a smoothie. And we cram it full of all the good stuff. Currently, if I can add passion fruit to anything, I will always add passion fruit. Our mixture currently is passion fruit, pineapple, berries, banana, and of course that Oikos vanilla Greek yogurt. That's our fun little bit of orange juice just for kicks and giggles. 
did that day ruin our progress? No. Did no. I have really strange dreams because Little Caesars <laughs> gives me really weird <laughs> dreams? Absolutely. That might have been the night I had my night terror. Oh, uh, um, that's too funny. Yeah. And, and even celebrations, like if you think of, you know, Christmas, there's certain cultural things for Christmas that the family has. Or if you're going on vacation with someone else of, are you going camping where it's like, I might not be able to make my smoothie in the wilderness, but you know what? How am I eating before the trip? How am I eating after? How can I adapt during? We had, you know, for one of the youth activities I did within my church, I'm a youth leader. We went to Snowflake and, you know, there's no fridges out there. We just had a cooler. We were trying to accommodate a bunch of teenagers. And so me and another leader were very adamant of like, we just want our carrots. That's it. Like we, we can have our carrots and then we'll make sure that we eat other nutrient dense food outside of this. But I'm not going to give that poor man who volunteers to bring the food a hard time of this isn't a micro and macronutrient dense meal. Like, no, it's, we adapted because that one meal isn't going to be as impactful compared to my weekly balance. That being said, that's just knowing, I think that's, that is a balance between being, um, obsessed. So being observant. Exactly. So, Learn that balance. I if you need to be obsessed because you do have a health issue and you have to follow really really strict meal 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 pattern exactly point. exactly then then if it takes away from your mental health then it's time to pivot. Mm-hmm. If you're eating so little during the week that you have to binge over the weekend, it is a sign to pivot. If you are feeling more and more fatigued during your workouts to where you feel like you don't have enough energy, it's time to pivot. Because just straight up, your body is going to tell you how it's feeling. It's going to tell you what it likes, what it doesn't like. It just comes down to, are you actually listening to your body? Or are you trying to fit it into a mold just because you saw someone else do it? The only the only time you should be in a workout fully trashed, have no energy, and that you're just pushing through it, is if you're competing, period. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a few friends right now that are prepping and they're, they're, they're four weeks out and they're trashed or two weeks out and they're just like, they're doing these workouts so exhausted, but that's because they have that purpose. You're not doing that. You're not a competitor. You don't need to put yourself through that. Uh, if you have a specific goal because you want to go on vacation, you're getting married. Okay. Uh, totally understandable. Have a plan on how you're going to rebring and, and reintroduce that nutrition where it's not going to harm you afterwards because what tends to happen is you destroy your gut during those times and then you hit your vacation you hit your wedding you hit that goal you come back into almost like a normal lifestyle and you know your gut is all jacked up now your bowel movements are inconsistent you start begin to have more bloating once again you start having more carbohydrates you retain more water and that's why you're having more bloating you're increasing the amount of food that's going into your digestive system. So that is another reason why there's bloating. Bloating is a natural thing. It is just the foods pa- the foods passing through the small intestines into the larger intestines. Okay? That is, that's what bloating is. It is just the process of it. So if you put a lot of food there, then it's had in a while, you're going to have a little bit more bloating. It's going to show just a little bit more. If some of your foods are... Uh, What's the word? Uh, pr- a little more processed. 
yeah, it's just going to be more bloating just because the way that processed food breaks down, it's going to release more gases. So once again, it really comes down to don't trash yourself unless you are competing or you have this kind of really specific goal, but then have a, have a, have a, have a game plan to how to come out of that so that you have a good relationship with food. You have a good, you, you, you've, you've given your body also what it deserves. Uh, I was, I was watching, I don't know, I think it was a reel or a podcast or one of those things. And probably a real love, a podcast. It probably was right. Uh, and they were saying basically like cheat, we get super excited for cheat days or cheat meals or breaking, breaking a, a diet. And it's like, why are you getting super excited to re-enter into the habit that you work so hard to, uh, that you work so hard to eliminate the bad result that it had given you? So it's, it's, if you've cut out a bunch of stuff because you wanted something better, why get excited for when you're done with that diet to go back to it? Because you're just going to go and redo all the things that are going to put your body in a place where you weren't happy. So this That's is a hard thing that I have to bite my tongue about a lot because when someone tells me they're starting a detox and they're counting down the days till they can have X, Y, and Z food, it takes everything in me to not, because certain people like I limit how much I, you know, personal train them mm-hmm. um, as non-clients. I will say as friends, like I want to be respectful, not be too pushy. But when people are saying they're doing these do- detoxes and diets, but they can't wait to have X, Y, and Z food, it takes everything in me not to ask, like, well, what's your plan after? Like, you know, you're cutting all this food off because it's a liver cleanse or whatever type of cleanse you're doing. If your liver truly cannot have that food, why are you introducing it back in such an aggressive manner? Mm-hmm. And it, it does show that they don't, they have a limited understanding of that detox. Yeah. It's completely different compared to, okay, I'm going to step away from gluten. Like in our household, we had a chunk of time where we limited gluten in our household just to see how people reacted to it. And then when we slowly introduced it back, it was, okay, are we feeling good? Are we not feeling good? Compared to, I'm only going to cut out gluten so I can lose these last five pounds and then once I hit that, I'm going to bring it back and I'm somehow going to sustain the same weight by bringing back the old habits that I need to get rid of to obtain this weight. Mm-hmm. It's when you say it like that, it sounds really silly, but it's yeah. hard when you're so tunnel visioned on a goal, you're willing to do anything and everything to hit that goal. Well, what are you going to do after you hit it to maintain it? Are you going to realistically be able to maintain those same habits what's the safe way you're going to get out of it so the quote easy way to lose weight would be yeah just you know cut out all of these foods it's i'm gonna i'm gonna make some people mad saying this i think it's really easy to lose weight it's really hard to keep it off because we've all maybe not all of us but i say a good chunk of us have had times in our lives where we've stepped on a scale every single day and you're like, oh my gosh, I lost one pound. I want, I lost two pounds. Shoot, I gained five pounds. It's, it's easy to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. If I weigh myself before and after I go to the bathroom, like I'm going to lose weight. If I weigh myself with wet hair versus dry hair, like it's going to look different. But maintaining that weight loss, I think that's where the struggle is. 
being consistent, that's where the struggle is. This isn't to downplay anyone who's been struggling with weight loss. Like, no, it is, it is hard to keep that weight off. But it's even more difficult if we just keep expecting ourselves to be, quote, motivated enough in situations that encourage those habits we're trying really hard to resist. So, for example, if I'm someone who's struggling with being an alcoholic, should I really keep going to the bar every single Friday night and just hoping I'm going to be tough enough to not drink anything even though everyone around me is offering me a drink? No, that's putting myself in a it's putting myself in a bad situation. If I'm struggling with a binge eating disorder, should I really keep going to all you can eat buffets every single weekend and just hoping, you know what? I'll know I'll know instinctively when to stop. No, I don't know about you. I can't stop myself at those. Whenever I go to an all you can eat buffet, I eat until I hurt. But I also don't go to them that often. But it's we we expect our willpower to just be strong enough in all these situations. We expect our intuition to just be perfect like it's a light switch. And all of these things are skills, their awareness. It's something that takes time. And we need to give ourselves more grace. We need to give ourselves more credit and set ourselves up for success. If you're creating a meal plan, of these really complicated meals and you freaking hate cooking, good luck. Maybe something will change. Or maybe you should do something that's more realistic, like just order a meal prep service or just get meals that only have four ingredients in it. If you're someone who hates working out, maybe don't sign up for an unlimited membership at a boutique gym that you've never gone to and just think, oh, I spent $169. I'm suddenly going to work out all the time. So it's, you got to be realistic to what's in your lifestyle, what's in your budget and what's in your, what's in your current willpower. Mm -hmm. And that might change over time. I feel like what you were able to do as a bachelor versus now, like you're still a hard freaking working person. You're still a very driven person. That drive and dedication is just focused elsewhere. Yeah. In order for us to grow a business, like. I think it would be really hard if you were to continue to try to grow our business, care for our family, make sure kids feel seen, make sure I feel seen, but also make sure you take care of your health. But also this next level, if you want to be 12%, like you going to sleep ever? Yeah, no, you, you, you have to, you have to recognize and you got to know it and you, uh, not saying that you need to settle. I don't truly, if you, if you've, if you've listened to all the episodes, I don't believe in settling. Okay. So I don't believe in like, oh, just settle. Like this is just where you're at, all that. But I, I, you need to recognize your energy. I'm a huge person that has to, that, that, um, focuses on where my energy goes and is it worth my energy going that way because of how it's going to affect me in return. So if I get too, too caught up in something that's going to take away, uh, my energy in a really good, in, in, in a way that's helping me, I'm, it's just, it's not the time for it right now. And you need to recognize however you want to approach nutrition in your life. Make sure that it goes in a way that the energy that you put into it is going to benefit you back. Not that energy that you're putting into it is going to harm your current energy. So if you want to have a lot more structure that is on paper, that is 
that is planned out and measured and repeated week by week and you're able to keep it and there's nothing what if your car breaks down if you were sick or if you have to work two shifts if you um whatever you have to do can come up and it doesn't affect it then excellent you know what follow that structure become really good in that structure uh keep to keep keep your nutrition just dialed in perfectly as long as it's working for you if you're going to follow a structure like that but things come up and now you're all stressed and everything just feels like it's falling apart take that structure out and once again it comes down to some of the things that we've been that we've said build upon the protein and your your build your meals upon the uh, around the, the proteins we didn't really touch so much on carbs and fat they're two really beneficial macronutrients. Uh, but they're a I little bit easier to get in the day compared yeah, to protein. They are, but I prom- but I promise you, if you start building around your uh, around your protein, you're also going to get full faster, and you're going to have a little have less room for those carbs that we like to munch on, that don't really benefit us as well. And then the there could be a, d- a downside with too many protein is yes, you might consume a little bit more fat. You know, if you're consuming your proteins through dairies and let's say pork, yeah, you're going to have higher fats. Just be aware and see if you can reduce them a little bit. Fats are great for the brain. They're going to help the function of the brain a lot better, have a little more clarity. But we start eating too much fat, we begin to store extra fat. And that, you know, none of us want to store extra. We all need we all need fat in our body. But yes, none of us just want to. Want to say, oh, I'm in the mood to store a lot of extra fat. Maybe when I lived in Utah and it was like negative <laughs> 36 degrees. And so I was the opposite. I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to be outside in the like without without a, without a shirt so I can burn more fat. Because actually, so actually, when you are when you're shivering, you burn more calories than any other activity. Apparently, you can Google it, but apparently, shivering in the cold burns more calories than a weightlifting session or even running so i'd be like wasn't All right. there some instagram page that wanted you to be an affiliate because they did was it shivering or was it shaking yeah so uh yeah i had a company reach out to me from florida back in like 2019 or 18 and the concept was you train people how to shiver i totally forgot about that you train people how to shiver and if they learn how to shiver they just have to do it for five minutes like three times a day and they're gonna lose more fat and i guess this person even did a body physique show by those principles and i was just like uh yeah no that's not the you, type of coaching i think I'm that's part of the in. reason why you know that shivering fact because we we're like no no i don't heck? no i didn't know that i actually learned really? that no yeah i learned that from serving a mission when i lived in colorado and i had a buddy and i had a companion that was way into fitness he had lost about 200 pounds and we were dead middle of winter and we're knocking doors and his goal was to just get leaner and leaner. And then he told me, he's like, dude, let's wear no jackets today. Let's knock doors. The more we shiver, the more, the more calories we burn. And then we'd had a joke the whole time about it. And uh, yeah, no, I had looked it up and it was actually true. Please don't just shiver as a replacement (laughs) for strength training. (laughs) Disclaimer. Your body has a lot of ways to benefit from a balance of uh, resistance, strength, and cardio. Shivering does not replace any of these things. 
tell me how you really feel no yes no but it's just really funny that you're like that you're like hey cover me up in the winter i'm like no i'm gonna take advantage of this (laughs) this is gonna help me out i don't like to be cold every Uh, single podcast we have i'm covered in a blanket does not matter if it's 115 outside i will have a blanket on top of me in this room it's true it's true typically sleep with a heat pad it's true uh, one thing I really want to touch up on uh, on these last couple of minutes, we don't want to take too much of your time. I know there's been a lot of rambling. There's been a lot of uh, different areas that we've talked about today of nutrition, but micronutrients come in, are they come in in all these in in hand in hand with everything that we've talked about, and look at several s- simple ways that you're di- you, by the end of the day you felt like you've had a lot more fiber. So look at things that, uh, such as uh, flax seeds and chia seeds and oats and uh, whole wheat. If you're able to have wheat, if you're not, if you're not gluten intolerant, uh, fibers. Yeah, fibrous, fi- I was gonna veggies. say fibers can can be found in veggies. So look at your day and reflect on it. Say, okay, where ha- where has my fiber intake been? Renee is super good at this, and she knows exactly how much fiber you should have throughout the day because she is the fiber queen. For women, typically, it's around 25 grams. For men, it's closer to 30. There's a range, but tired me can't remember the exact <laughs> range. But typically, about 25 grams for a women, 30 for men. Yeah. And if you're not really sure how much you're having, what's my favorite thing to talk about? Poop. Poop. Look at how you how your bowel movements are daily, weekly, on the week compared to the weekend. And the amount of bloating that you have. Because some bloating is normal. Too much bloating to where it's extreme. It's backed up. Is backed up. Once again, it is your digestive tract. Okay? There's there's no, you. you know, there's no juice that's going to de-bloat you. All it's going to do, it's going to help your digestive tract clear out a little bit. Well, it's interesting. So, kind of to sidetrack a little bit. I know we're near the end. But... Even over the last month, we've learned a lot when it comes to, you know, suppositories, like Listerin suppositories versus Miralax versus all these things. And it's interesting to see like, you know, Miralax, obviously you don't want to take it all the time, but all it does is it just takes the water that you mix in with it. And that's what your intestines absorb compared to, you know, the suppository that just like flushes you out. Yeah. And so... Like I said, we talk a lot about poop, but your digestive tract is going to tell you a lot. Your energy from the beginning to middle of the day to the end of day is going to tell you a lot. The amount of fatigue that you have. And so a simple place to start if you unsure, if you are unsure with your protein specifically is look at how many palms of protein you're having a day. Try to keep it. I would say depending on the person, like three to five is typically a good range palm size. When it comes to, hey, what's an assessment of how I'm eating? How often are you eating out? Are you having primarily homemade foods? Are you finding a lot of freezer meals? Where can you get more minimally processed foods, your fruits and veggies? And at the end of the day, do you feel good or do you feel trashed? Because if we have learned anything from bodybuilders that do have these beautiful physiques, when they're in that peak week, they do feel absolutely trashed because it's something that isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. The diet that you have, I would say the best one that you can have is one that you can sustain a year or more that doesn't take away from your family, that's affordable within your budget, increases your quality of life, 
it's, it's just that simple. Where where it differs really depends. Your non-negotiables might depend, but if it's something that you can do on your best of days and you can do it on your mentally funky days, whatever is going to be your easiest average, let's find a plan to help you get to that. And that's where a lot of our nutritional guidance principles come from. Everyone who goes through our program, the 12 weeks, the first 12 weeks is... Or sorry, the 12-week program, the first part of it is, one, what are you eating? What are your current habits? What are your medications, your supplements? And then how can we adjust your eating habits to be more nutrient-dense to where they fit into your lifestyle? I have some clients where we make it fit to where they can eat out, but they're making better choices when eating out due to travel. I have other clients where, you know what? I'm going to make sure that you can still have your 16 ounces of alcohol every week, but let's use those calories in a wise way. And I just want to add really quickly, like we do have clients that travel a lot, they eat out, but we let them know like, no matter, you know, you can make better choices, but eating out is not what you want to do for the rest of your life and feel like, yeah, I'm going to have great health as I'm making better choices eating out. You do need to get to a point, I'm sorry, that your meals got to be at home. Eating out and mo- w- no matter how well your choices are, your sodium levels are going to be much higher with eating out. Your fat levels are going to be much higher while eating out. And some of those micronutrients aren't going to be found in, in, in foods when you eat out. You lose some of that because of the processing uh, that some of, some of the eating out decisions you might make. Um, or like and, and people it, put butter and rice. That blew well, my freaking mind. You never know how much butter is in your rice when you go out to eat. Yeah. And it's that simple. You well, never know how much salt's in there. Well, for example, when we go to, when we get, uh, when we get either Chipotle or we get uh, Caperio, we don't always just, just eat the Caperio and the Chipotle as it is. We add to it. We say, okay, let's add some flax seeds to our, to our, to, to it. Or flax let's, seeds, or let's, yeast. nutritional yeast, or even cottage cheese. So like, for example, in Chipotle, instead of saying, uh, sour cream with no sour cream and then when we get home we put some uh cottage cheese so or we, you do we, like only half of the house sauce because i know you really love that sauce you'll do yeah. half the house sauce but then you'll still have the cottage cheese to help with that cream or the smoothie because we always anytime we eat out we accompany with the smoothie so it's just recognizing like yeah we let our clients know this but we also let them know in a long term in a long term that eat out cannot be sustainable and it's so funny because Everything in social media right now, it's like, you need to do what I do. You need to do what I do. You know, we're not telling you that you need to be like us. Our, our eat-out budget, it's like $60 a month. Where I, He's being serious. That's how much we eat out. And, that, and that's a max. That's a max. Like, we, 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 we don't have, like, oh, the minimum that we that we, we eat out is 60 bucks a month. No, like, at max, we'll, we'll spend 60 bucks a month. And that's just basically two times eating out in the month and that's something that works within our lifestyle exactly something that i both of us happen to like cooking and so it's a little bit easier uh, easier for us to do that uh well i keep talking about my sister-in-law she doesn't love prepping food and i understand that i understand her reason why and so when it comes to eating out i want to make sure that she's going to make the best decision for her and her specific goal but, she but know- it's not eating out nearly as much as she used exactly. to. Exactly. She knows that 
she needs to balance out her eating out with eating at home. And I never give my clients a budget of, okay, you can only spend this much on eating out. That's not realistic. But if I see that they're eating out five days a week, we might make a goal of only, you know, two to three. I had one client who we weren't working on nutrition. Uh, We talk about it in passing, but she naturally put herself going from like five days to one because she noticed she felt better. And it was kind of cool. I'm wondering, Natalie, girl, are you listening to this? She might be listening to this. Um, I noticed her like one week that she prepped a shoot ton of protein and then she made it work throughout the week. And it was like she naturally is falling into those habits and it was so much easier for her to maintain mm-hmm. than it would have been had I said, hey, you're not allowed to eat out anymore. Also, you need to do this. You need to do this. It. It wasn't working. Uh, she made it work within her current lifestyle, and it's a lot easier to sustain. Mm-hmm. And those are words we're going to use a lot, but I think it's really important that we look at where we're currently at, what we're currently able to do, where our mental capacity is at, but also lovingly call ourselves out on our own crap. Yeah. And we have to constantly do that with, you know, the food in our house. We were joking earlier. I can't bring Nutella into this house because it will be gone within a couple of days. If I'm lucky. Yeah. Or we had some friends over for, for dinner last Saturday and we bought uh, lemonade oh, and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a reason why we don't, we only keep water in our house because this stuff, I, I was like, this is a crack. This is, this is so addicting. Every time I open that fridge and we had that leftover lemonade, I was like, I need to drink some of this. I need to have it. I was like, you have a hard time creating food. I was like, if it's in the house, I was like, give me the sugars. This is so amazing. And you know what? Like that was a one-time thing. Uh, We're probably not going to have lemonade in our house for a long, like several. I think that honestly, we've been married for uh, three years and that was probably the second time we've ever bought lemonade and not saying, not saying, Oh, we're better. What it is. It's just, we don't bring that stuff in our house because we really, they're no, straight sti- up. If I wasn't married to him, I would have it in my house because <laughs> I make it last longer. And I've told him that I would have Tillamook ice cream in my house, but I can't have it because he straight up. You have a harder time maintaining food boundaries than I do. I do. And I look back at it. But of, you know it. I know it. I recognize it. And I look back at it in a way of if this is the stuff that's that's hindering me from my achievements, why am I going to like continue to go on my way to bring it into the house? So I just don't bring it into the house. You even called me out. What was it like a week ago? Because one of the ways typically when you're more in your prep zone is you'll have dark chocolate chips that are frozen, little mini ones that are like mm-hmm. semi-sweet. And since I'm the one who does the groceries in the house, I've just been in the habit of grabbing them if I don't see them. And you told me last week, you're like, hey, can you stop buying those? I've been going through them too fast. Yep. And one, I'm proud of you for recognizing that. But two, it happened so quickly of you building up a tolerance to where it's it is important that you recognize that. Because even as your wife, I mean, I do try to make sure we have a lot of good options in the house. We have a couple of fun things occasionally with the birthday. We had more fun stuff. But you recognizing that within yourself of like, oh, I'm kind of having a hard time with this. I need to take a step back is huge you're also really good at recognizing like there's <laughs> there's an ongoing trend of husbands asking their wives did you drink any water like you're <laughs> really <laughs> doggone good about calling me out about not drinking water yeah. not that i don't drink anything else i just don't drink water as often as i should it's gotten better but yeah i think there's 
we're lucky that we have each other to call each other out, but building that awareness in yourself is going to help a ton. It is. And so the secret, the easiest way to elevate your nutrition is one, know what the heck is going on. Know what you're currently doing. Understand that you might have certain patterns and adjust little by little. You don't need to jump into an extreme diet. You do not need to do a colon cleanse that will make you poop your pants. You do need to find what's going to fit within your lifestyle, your budget, your abilities. If you have kids, foods that your doggone kids will also eat without throwing on the floor or throwing at the dog. <laughs> make it fit towards your life. Yeah. Hope, hope, hope this helped. And uh, it is a topic that you guys are going to continue hearing from us. And we hope to bring in guests like uh, we have local VOs Men's Health, which does a lot of hormone uh, panels and they talk about the things that you like those micronutrients that you need they're better at explaining we're hoping to have those uh we've talked about bringing in a diet a diet dietitian dietitian and the the nutrition topic is going to be seen and heard multiple times but nothing will change from our end when it comes to the sustainable part building roots and, and strength in the foundations of having better health and relationship within the foods because we're we're human beings that food isn't going anywhere we need it daily it's part of survival and it shouldn't be something that stresses you out it shouldn't be something that also puts you in a place of uh risk of health and it shouldn't be something that uh has led you to being unhappy in your body it should give you energy should give you joy I'm big into the joy part because of my of cultural. I I believe food has such a huge impact in culture and it brings joy. And then it should help you achieve some some kick-ass goals. It's simple. We make it complicated. <laughs>